Welcome, everybody, to the Oasis Podcast. We're back. My name is Brennan, and I got Ben here with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jaina. Hi. <laughs> Let's yep. go. That's how it's going to go today. What a start. You just blew out everyone's Sorry, I've, I've, I, miss, I miss people. I've been around people all week. I've been in seminary, in school, in Zoom classes, and I just am excited mm-hmm. to see you, too. In so. seminary, have you been talking about spiritual disciplines? No, we don't believe in spiritual disciplines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're spending your money there. <laughs> Already into the sarcasm. <laughs> Yeah, let's not. I, I'm 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 sick the week that we decide to do the sarcasm podcast. <laughs> Just putting that one off. Whoops. <laughs> Speaking of spiritual hey. disciplines, uh, we're gonna do one of those today. And if you didn't read the title, it is confession. Which clickbait? It's the actual. It's actually what we're talking about. Like, even though it is yeah. kind of interesting, and people are like, "What? You guys are a Wesleyan church? What are you talking about confession for?" But practice. Uh, we think that. Is the best way to follow one of the best ways to follow Jesus, along with a handful of other spiritual disciplines. Yep. Um, but mm-hmm. often neglected. Agreed. That's true. Which I concur with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in order to best give you the example of how to do confession, we're just going to kind of practice here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. The three of us brought a legal pad full of <laughs> um, just just some really tough stuff. We're walking through as as the three individuals, and we're going to just start to. Whew. Man, that was deep. Thank you guys uh, yeah. for your words Holy of encouragement. Man, I wasn't uh, ready for that. Yeah, that was I don't even know. Something. I'm just glad these people were able to listen. Okay, we didn't actually do anything. <laughs> we didn't actually do anything. I just, I just stopped talking. It, but, I didn't laugh first. Brennan, you laughed first. I couldn't do it, man. It was you. It wasn't me this time. I couldn't do I'm it. so proud of myself right now. You don't even know. In order to save myself, oh my I will gosh. ask the first question. All right. <laughs> what is confession? These are my conf- I don't. That's just going to be in my head all the time. To confess in the court of law is to admit that you did something wrong. Oh wow! That was that admission. Definition. Admission of guilt. That's what I'm. That's what I'm putting it down as. That's what confession Sweet. is. Yeah. And how in the church do we practice confession? We then? admit our guilt to the Father. First and foremost, and then James tells us to people. So those are the two different aspects of confession we're going to focus on today, and we want to break those down into a couple different questions even further. Uh, and, and the way we're going to do that is we're just going to kind of go with the five W's. It's just the easiest way to do it. The what, when, William, where, Wilberforce, all, Wilberforce, Wesley. all the things. <laughs> Wesley, that's a good one. Wesleyan church, mm-hmm. Protestantism. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we got weird quick. <laughs> Just trailing off. So here, here's the first question. Why do we practice confession? And maybe even before we get to that, why do so many people not practice confession? Yeah, I think specifically if you've grown up in what we're going to say Protestant denomination, so mm-hmm. anything outside of the Catholic denomination or Eastern Orthodox, um, I think just the majority of families, ha- like children, haven't seen a practiced 
in home. It's not mm-hmm. prioritized. Yeah. We don't talk about it. We'll say, like, we use repentance a ton, and we'll focus on the reality of repentance being the truth of, okay, yes, I'm admitting sin, and this is how I'm living my life, but I'm turning. Mm-hmm. And we focus on the second part of repentance, not the first part, which is confession, is to admit the reality and being specific in that guilt. And so I think we just haven't prioritized it in the church. Um, even I, I growing up, so I've been... Man, yeah, I've been following Jesus for 13 years, individually choosing myself to follow Jesus for 13 years. And there's even been maybe a handful of sermons in my life in churches I've been to mm-hmm. where we specifically focused on here's what confession is, mm-hmm. here's yeah. how to do it. Like they've said, you need to confess. That's that's said all the time. But then we don't give practical, like here's how to do it in the church. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't think it's done often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that first aspect of confession, where we're talking about just confessing sin to God, why do we do that? I'm getting the finger points. They want me to answer the question. <laughs> Listen, you just preached on this, son. Yeah. I did. I got to speak to middle school and high school students just about the practice of confession, and then we got them all in groups, and man, there was a lot of tears, but there was a lot of forgiveness and healing. I'm kidding. We didn't do that either. That, that sounds, is aggressive. That sounds terrible. <laughs> But I did encourage them to practice these two types of confession. And the first one is confession to God. And really, it comes from the idea of 1 John 1, 9. Therefore, if we confess uh, our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's a promise from John written about Jesus. That is, Jesus hears our sin as we confess it. He's willing and able to forgive us and cleanse us of that sin. So the reason we practice that in the very first place is it's a salvation thing. He's cleansing us of our unrighteousness. He's making us clean and holy through his sacrifice, through what he's done, but through also our, our practice of the confession. And, and in that you find forgiveness. And as we move on, we'll give you a couple of the reasons why you practice the second part of confession, which is... Well, can we go, before we go yeah, there, yeah. just even the reality of the promise in it. Oh, yeah. Like if you confess... When you do this, it's mm-hmm. not a, okay, do it, and then you have to wonder. Because I even, so I grew up Catholic, which means not a lot for our family, because that means we went to church twice a year and we're priesters, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite <laughs> words to use. Um, but in the Catholic church, which is something I think, I, I think they do well, is they at least prioritize confession. Mm-hmm. It is literally something as a second grader that I had to do a first confession to go through the class. Here's how you do it. Here's what it looks like in order to even have my first communion. Because, and the practice of that was the Corinthian letter that Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthians and of not drinking judgment on yourself when you take communion and remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. Like it's, we need to confess our sins. We need to mm-hmm. not be living in sin. And so confession was an aspect to, I'm, I'm making myself right, but it's not me. It's, I'm confessing my guilt and shame. Like Brennan just said, the promises when I confess, mm-hmm. God is faithful and just, and he will forgive. And he makes me righteous. Yeah. Which is just, be- so I just like, I want us to understand and know that when we confess to God, it's a promise that we are forgiven mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single time. Yeah. And I think that's, that to me is more encouraging than anything else. Uh, it's just, it's a promise. It's not, well, just do it because you know he forgives you. It's like, no, do it because there's a promise that there's righteousness on the other side of that. Yeah. So, so what do you think is like this idea of that when you accept Jesus? Is that confession? Is that your first confession in what we would see a lot of Protestant settings? So it's an aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's an aspect of you confess admit of guilt and sin if you've done it mm-hmm. but it's like you're also are you confessing and this is what you I think you talk about a lot really well is the reality of I'm confessing Jesus as Lord mm-hmm. which is again I think the same aspect of it yeah, so yeah. I, what we don't do in the Protestant church is I think maybe give them space mm-hmm. to confess sin and be yeah. specific before God and, and allow us to do that well but recognizing and knowing that accepting Jesus as your Savior which is such a Christianese <laughs> phrase 
um, yeah, it's an aspect of confession. I think it's just sure. we miss part of the gospel that's when good. we don't practice confession. The, the actual yeah. specific mm-hmm. sin. Yeah, to, recon- to, to recognize the gospel is to recognize that you're a sinner that needs a savior. You know, there mm-hmm. is that aspect of that confession of, of guilt and sin that we've lived in. And, that, and the, the other part we love to focus on is the fact that Jesus loves you and he died for you. But we are not really to practice necessarily the confession, especially before God, and even more so before people in order to, to fully live out that gospel. So with that, we're going to move on to the, the second aspect of confession. We're talking about when it's people— and why do we practice or why are we advocating people practice confession with others? Yeah, I mean, right away we can get into um, biblical support of this in James 5. So James is the brother of Jesus writing in the New Testament to the church. Um, they're, I mean, they're new, Just they're establishing, they're figuring it out. Um, and so James in, in chapter 5, verse 16, he encourages um, the people, and it's encouragement for us even today, to, to therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, and there's this reality that when we um, confess to other people, when we invite people into our life to walk through our brokenness with us, we, we gain accountability, we gain... Um, just like uh, elements of healing, because uh, Brennan, you might have to help me on who said this, but the reality that as long as I am by myself in confession, my sins, in confession of my sins, everything remains in the dark. But in the presence of a brother, the sin has to be brought into the light. Yeah, that's who was that? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right. a German right. theologian right. from the early 1900s. There There's go. a name. It's a cool name. Forgot right? for a second. No Panicked. But, but that reality that, you know, it's easy to... You know, say in your head, "Oh, I I do all these things wrong," but until you invite people in that to hold you accountable, to help you to walk through that, to help you even receive healing, and maybe something that you so haven't good. done wrong, but something that's you know like hurting within you. Um, there's just the reality that that's what God calls us to. Um, that's how we live out being the church, and that's how we grow in I think spiritual maturity as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is redundant, but didn't Jesus give me health? Didn't Jesus heal me? Didn't Jesus transform me in his sacrifice? So why is one confession to God not enough? Why do I need to also go to people? Doesn't this just feel like overkill? Why would you say that, Brennan? <laughs> I don't know. Because we're still living in the dark, Yeah. right? I mean, Paul talks about many different times, flesh versus spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you keep stuff, even in that quote said, if you keep stuff in the dark, it's going to remain in the dark. And Paul tells the Ephesians in 5.13, um, no longer keep yourself in the dark, stop living in the dark, but because you're, you're children of light, start living mm-hmm. in the light. Mm-hmm. And so it's the reality of not just growing up into maturity in Christ, not just desiring um, that initial healing and sanctification and justification and salvation mm-hmm. where I'm saying like, no, I'm getting my Jesus, I'm good to go. Well, the reality is there's challenges that come after following Jesus that are actually for our good and for our benefit. Mm-hmm. So an aspect of that, as we grow in the character and competency of Jesus, we grow in as we release sin because it's for our benefit because God wants us to get rid of it because sin destroys and sin um, literally burns the house down within our soul. It's something that that is not healthy for us. So it's mm-hmm. something that God does not want in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a practice of that initial part of and start of transformation and healing is to as jane as jane just read confess your sins to each other because when you do it to each other as brothers and sisters in christ you'll pray for each other Mm -hmm. and that prayer of a brother of a righteous person is powerful and effective and therefore you it's the beginning process of the healing Mm -hmm. it's we were not created to isolate and be alone i don't know of any single person who's been able to get out of a sin they were stuck in in isolation Mm-hmm. I, I've seen power and effectiveness and transformation done when there's been confession to brothers and sisters, even in my own life, because mm-hmm. they pray for me and yeah. there's healing mm-hmm. and there's power in community, which is why we're not supposed to be alone. 
And I know there's so yeah. many people probably listening, thinking about that thing they're stuck in or mm-hmm. the thing they struggle with. And I was reading a book all about, and a couple of chapters were about confession. And he was just talking about, if you really want to get well, we need to start practicing confession, confession really again. We got to bring mm-hmm. it to people because that's where the healing is coming from. That's where the transformation is coming from. Yes, your initial forgiveness, your cleansing, your righteous standing comes from Jesus, but so much more of what it looks like to be a Christ follower comes from this practice of confession and bringing that sin to others. So do we just move on to, okay, how frequently do I practice this then? If it's something you're telling me <laughs> is so important and I'm sinning daily, mm-hmm. maybe, how often do I practice confession? Daily. <laughs> I think, I, and that's where you have to know yourself. Um, a lot of it is, do you have the right people around you to be able to mm-hmm. do it? Um, but if it's two aspects of confession are before God and for, before people, it's mm-hmm. like, I have access to the Father at any time, mm-hmm. at any time. Mm-hmm. And so I know of people who every single day, they allow and keep space at the end of their day to see, okay, where, where was I missing? Did, where, what did yeah. I, like, what, what today did I miss out on being obedient to what God asked or like specifically in, in temptation that I wrestled with today? Where did I fail? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, God, you saw this. Yeah. Um, and if you... And if it's specifically even a sin that you struggle with deeply, that is is literally chains on you, like who are people in your life that you can maybe text every day that you have? So, so yes, it's a conviction thing on frequency, um, but I would argue that if you don't have weekly or at least every other week opportunity with people who you're living community with uh, and to confess with, I would say you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I think this is something like any other discipline needs to be scheduled and structured as far as a time thing yeah. not necessarily how you specifically do it perfectly thing mm-hmm. but to think that i'm going to do it randomly and and see transformation and healing and things that i'm struggling with i don't think it's that simple it's a discipline for a reason yeah i was just mm-hmm. about to say the same thing discipline takes that intentionality it takes that purposeful decision every time to practice it and, and it's such a weird word when we look at the Spiritual disciplines, things we have to practice, and discipline is not usually used in a very positive light, mm-hmm. but here it is, and it's these things that are helping us better follow Jesus. I had a question based off of what you just said, though, and here it comes for you. What happens if I don't confess to God and then something were to happen to me? You know, like if I don't, because we're talking about here where how, how confessing to God and confessing to people is so important. It's part of the mm-hmm. forgiveness process. It's part of the, so what happens if I miss it? Do you think that... Are there levels of spiritual disciplines? Are there some more important than others? Yes. Okay. Maybe prayer being more important than okay. others. That's probably where I would go first. Okay. But I don't know. I wasn't ready which for we, this question. We, we, I know. I know. I wasn't ready for the question you just asked, <laughs> which is okay. It's good. Um, so then in that is, we believe that confession is a part of prayer. Yeah. Right. So if I'm looking at other aspects of my spiritual disciplines in life, if I haven't gotten silent and experienced solitude um, if I have not read my Bible for a season and a time and I die and I didn't do that spiritual discipline, hmm. what happens to me? You love Jesus, though? Yep. You know what? I don't just love Jesus. I'm following Jesus? I'm following Jesus. It's not, I don't just love Jesus. I have believed that through his life, death, and resurrection, I have perfect re- union with God, and he has forgiven me of all my sin, past, present, and future. In my Jesus-following experience, I would tell... Ben's parents that Ben probably made it into heaven. <laughs> it's not because I confessed every day. It wasn't because I read my Bible every day. 
It's we're in the pursuit of doing these things. Every single command that we see in scripture, we want to do well because we are. Mm-hmm. Even Brendan, you talked about this before we we um we started in, t- in Ephesians four until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Like that's mm-hmm. what we're pushing towards. That's what we're going as followers of Jesus. And so there are gonna be things that I miss. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thankful for is that I don't live a life or I have a righteousness of the law of having to be perfectly obedient. My righteousness is in Jesus's righteousness and his perfection and his death on the cross, forgiving my sin. And then his, in his resurrection that brought life and power and redemption. Um, and so because I have trust and faith in the complete forgiveness of sin on Jesus's death, that's why I'm in heaven. Not because I confessed every day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm not going to pursue it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I love that answer. I think you nailed it on the head. So good job with that. Question I tossed you, Ben. <laughs> 100%. The next thing and the last the last place we're kind of going to end on is we want to give you maybe practical, maybe kind of abstract, but ways to practice confession. And the first one I want to ask is we're talking about this whole confession with other people thing. Who are we looking for here? Like, are you setting up the confessional booth, Ben? Like, are we coming? <laughs> are we pulling up? To, he missed the yep. joke. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have one actually in my car. Oh, so I actually, that's actually why I drive around campus. I'm waiting for people to, to run me down and, and hop in the passenger seat. You, so they're just not reading the bumper seat. sticker close I, enough? I put a sticker on. The problem is, is that it's, it's translucent and you can't read it. Oh. Mm. Translucent. But who is it? That was the right word. I was hoping that was the right word. I'm not good at English. So. Who, who is it? Who are we practicing this confession with? Like, is it a pastor? Is that who it needs to be? Does it need to be someone of like a certain moral standing or religious connection? Like what? What am I looking for in a pra- confession partner? Yes, all of those things, <laughs> but but those aren't limiters either. But you should be looking for someone who um, you have a relationship with, or you want to have a relationship with, um, that is spiritually mature, that is also working to be more like Jesus. I mean, we're not—you don't need to find someone who's perfect because you're not going to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking for someone that that will be able to encourage you, you know, will pray for you you know is going to not be a gossip, not go behind your back. That's not the type of person you want, but has morality. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Mm-hmm. And I was, that's so that was one thing I was making sure when the middle schoolers were listening last yeah. night, I was like, <laughs> you guys, we have to find people who we can confess to in confidence. And yeah. Trust. And, and trust, trust us. Super because good. too often I see people just kind of, they'll, they'll run into this. Mm-hmm. And one, I, I am encouraged that they'll try it, but they'll run into it haphazardly and not pick the right person. And then their their garbage gets thrown to the wind and people start picking up on some of the things they're struggling with. And that's mm-hmm. not fair. You were trying to be faithful and obedient and that person just stabs you in the back. Yeah. So that's that was almost like right after mature Christian following Jesus and loves <laughs> the Lord and will pray for you was for me confidence. Mm-hmm. And like, they're not going to tell people yeah. about what I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just so good. Because even in that, if you've had... Man, I know people have had those experiences where where they've been basically stabbed in the back mm-hmm. and have been hurt and yeah. and and um and trampled over basically in that. And it's like, why would I ever confess again? Mm-hmm. Like, not even just to that person. Like, I would say, don't do that person again. But like, there's a reality of pain there. That's like, why would I ever do this again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want that. I think just to address a couple of things. You does it have to be a pastor? No. So even I think with some traditions, um, and the Catholic tradition, I think personally. I like that the priority they. I like the priority they put on confession more than the Protestant Church has. Mm-hmm. I don't like, and 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 you could go with almost anything else that any denomination does, or any whether it's Lutheran or Wesleyan or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's when you have when you have a restriction that says I have to, 
that makes it legalism. So it's, mm-hmm. can you go to a priest and confess? Yes. I think I think even the things that you said, Dan, like, do I believe this priest um, is someone who's going to pray for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I believe this priest is someone who I may even know because I go to, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, do they have Jesus? I'm assuming, yeah, why not? <laughs> but it's like, it's, in my conviction, I'm going to go to a priest and I'm going to confess. It's when I say everyone has to and it becomes legalism, that's where I think lines need to be drawn. Mm-hmm. So is it okay to? I would say, yeah. I mean, there's some theological and, and stuff that we could get into of that they believe. But for me, that's irrelevant. It's if I believe this is going to help me become more like Jesus and in confessing, I'm going to I'm going to see some healing and transformation in this. Awesome. If you don't believe they're going to pray for you, no matter who this is, if you don't believe they're going to pray for you, if they don't believe they love Jesus, then it doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would actually articulate, and all of that is good for me, whatever Ben said, sure. But also, <laughs> like, ordinary people make the best confession partners because it's like, Again, ordinary people who love Jesus and love you and yeah. will keep it in confidence. But people who you can come and yeah. bring your mm-hmm. like sin to, and in mutual confession, they can bring their sin back to you. And the, the, mm-hmm. the prayer that you both offer each other in the relationship and the overlap you'll see and the way yeah. you'll be able to fight each other's battles and give advice mm-hmm. and accountability. Mm-hmm. like Practice confession in that way. That's what I, I've got a couple of guys who know my baggage, right. who know my stuff. They know mm-hmm. me in a deep and intimate way who I know their stuff as well. And because of that, like I'm able to help them follow Jesus. They're able to help me follow Jesus. And we live life together consistently. Mm-hmm. And that that is for me been the best practice yep. for confession yep. is getting those ordinary people, not someone mm-hmm. of necessarily title of religious standard, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just someone following Jesus who loves Jesus. Last question. Yeah. How do you do it? So you get in that room... With that person that you finally built up the courage to go and ask, <laughs> and what what do you say? I'm going to say some things that aren't as eloquent that Brennan would be able to say them. <laughs> <laughs> so one, it's it's identify. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually, okay. Even before you go into that space in that room, okay, what spe- and be specific. Mm-hmm. Identify, mm-hmm. be specific. Because if I'm not specific, then how can my person that I'm confessing to actually pray for me? Then also, if I'm not specific, how am I? supposed to get healing outside of them praying for me and setting up boundaries that are necessary for me to actually defeat this sin in my life Mm -hmm. because i don't it's not something i want to continue to live into so for me right away it's it's identity uh, identify the sin be specific in those moments Mm -hmm. um and and confess boldly knowing you've been forgiven yeah so just bring the laundry list is that what you're saying or why not i mean (laughs) if you think you have to Mm -hmm. absolutely if that's something you think you have to do and make the expectation known to your group of people or person like, hey, I got a lot of stuff. And like, and that and that's okay. And some of it will be titles and themes of stuff that you can say. And other things will maybe need to be specific. Mm-hmm. Okay, so step person. one, identify. I would have said reveal and ask God to, to just bring that to you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you as a Christian and wants to work on your behalf to reveal this sin. Mm-hmm. So then what? You, you've got this list. You've got the thing you want to bring to the table. What's next? Say it. Okay, I'll say fine. <laughs> when you actually start to confess that sin, do you recognize like a, a feeling of remorse or sorrow in in your life? Mm-hmm. Like, is it just something you're saying because you feel like it, you read it once or someone else put it on you and you don't really feel bad about it and you, it don't, real? you yeah. don't really want to change, but you just feel like you're going to bring it? Like, no, that's not the practice of confession. Confession has this aspect of one, feelings, but also belief that sin is wrong. Like you have sorrow and you're remorseful that you've committed this sin, that you have hurt the father through a sin like this, that you've been separated and you've struggled with this thing. And it's not just something you want to get rid of, or it's not just something you want to move on from. 
because someone else told you, but rather intrinsically, you believe this is wrong and you, you've practiced in your heart the idea of confession, not just with your mind. And then the last aspect is... Yeah, which is an aspect of repentance. What you just talked about was repentance, and so yeah. it's then finishing the thought. It's finishing Boom. the reality of repentance. All right, so, so what's it look like to finish uh, repentance? That, so it's not just... Because confession is getting rid of. Remorse mm-hmm. is that uh, belief that I actually believe sin is bad, so I want to get rid of it, so then mm-hmm. I'm confessing and saying repentance is actually now I need to actually fill an aspect of what was in my heart and soul that that sin was was feeding, mm-hmm. and I want to feed myself then on Jesus and run towards Jesus. Yeah. Now he's going to actually be the one that fills that whole aspect that was once death because of sin now turns to life in Jesus. Yeah, and Richard Foster, who writes this book called Celebration of Disciplines, which is an incredible read if you're looking to study more spiritual disciplines, he just has this quote where repentance is the, the, the hatred of unholy living and the desire to live holy again. And it's to turn back, turn away from what you were struggling with and that, that unholy thing and turn back to God. So, so with that, mm-hmm. it's if I'm confessing getting rid of something and I need to fill my that, that space with Jesus— this goes back to a podcast we did earlier that I don't remember the title of it. Um, but what is that thing that then for you guys, as you've confessed, right? I'm getting rid of sin. Mm-hmm. And okay, if I'm getting rid of this, I'm not feeding then on a sin anymore. Now I need to feed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's okay. What helps you? Hmm. What What are you adding into your life or putting into your life that'll help you um, not just confess this sin and get rid of it, but to move towards actually healing and transformation? Mm-hmm. So for me... It is, if I'm more intentional, I have to do some other things like disciplines in my life that I don't like and that are hard. Mm. I don't know why. So like, I don't want to be in solitude ever. Yeah. I want to be around people all the time. If I'm struggling with a specific sin and I have confessed it, there's moments and seasons in my life where I have to actually have solitude and get away with the Lord and allow mm. him to feed me and, and remind me who I am in him. That's Otherwise, the, the daily practice of, yes, prayer and reading the Bible, of, of if for me, wor- worship through music. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think there's, yes, it's confessing, get rid of, but then what are you feeding then into your soul to replace that? That's good. Is there anything else at the end of this confession that, <laughs> in the, the, this confession, confession talk, not this confession, <laughs> we already did that bad joke yes. earlier, um, <laughs> that you guys want to say that you just kind of want to, Make sure the people know that Ben shaking. I'll go all day. That's the problem. <laughs> That's fine. We got, I think we got just time. We just time. know because you have, man, you do not have to be defeated by the sin that you keep running into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is victory, mm-hmm. and man, I don't know why sexual sin tends to be the one that is yes, people's deepest regrets, regrets, but also the one that digs deepest. I mean, Paul does say it's the one where you sin against yourself in sexual mm-hmm. immorality, but. There's something about that's the one we also don't want to confess right away to people. But man, there's there is freedom and weight lifted. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a part of that transformation healing process when we first confess and just know that there is victory. Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't tell you when, I don't want to give you the expectation, but if you're if you're putting the practice of confession, of having those people in your life, of and then how allowing those same people who you've confessed to to be your accountability people to say, Okay, I I'm, I'm not also I'm not just confessing what I've done. I want to confess to you, no, I'm tempted in this now. Mm-hmm. Help me, mm-hmm. pray for me. What are the boundaries I need to set? Um and this is getting to a whole different kind of podcast, but I just know know that there is victory um, in Jesus in this. And it sometimes takes time. Sometimes it's really tough, but mm-hmm. that's okay. And you hit one of the ones I just typed out because I was like, okay, what, what, what things do I really want people to know that we may be missed? And one is it's not a timetable thing. Like if you bring confession to someone, it's not like a microwave fix to your mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Like it's an aspect of what we believe is going to bring healing and transformation, but it's still in God's timing and God's, and his desire is to heal you. Yes. 
That is 100% his desire is to take that sin away from you, but it might not look exactly like you want it to. So continue to be faithful, continue to practice confession, and continue to offer prayer for that. But also I hear, and and one of the reasons I didn't practice confession for the longest time is aspects of fear and pride. Yeah. Mm. Like what if someone really knows the things I struggle with? Like what if someone really saw me for who I am when nobody else is looking? What if someone knew the thoughts that were in my head? Like those were things that the enemy kept placing in me. And once I started revealing some of that, and once I had confession people I could go to, instantly those melt away because you see other people are struggling with things. And there's an all, an authentic, raw like relationship that can be built in those confession moments with people you love and trust. And fear just melts away in the presence of love from someone else in that kind of setting. And then pride is the other end of the spectrum I've struggled with, where it's like, I don't really need this spiritual I, discipline. Yeah, I can handle this. I can handle I can this. this Jesus is going to take it. I'll just keep praying myself. I'm not going to invite anybody in for the help. I don't need help. And again, that's that's evil. That's wrong. Be a humble person and recognize we need others. Like Ben was saying, we need this aspect of confession that comes to other people and invites them into our nastiness. Yeah, because, sorry, what what because what you do, so even if you take something like pornography, mm-hmm. and it's like, I have this sin, I need to confess, and I say, I'm going to defeat this on my own. What you've done is you just replaced one sin with another. Hmm. It's you've mm-hmm. replaced, okay, now I don't struggle with porn anymore, and I look at that, but now it's like, I can actually defeat anything, which is pride and mm-hmm. a sin. And it's something like porn, it's like, that's so hard to defeat on your own anyway. So now you're probably stuck in two different sins because yeah. of your pride. I did think of one last question that I want us Let's to ask, and, and we've got time, so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> what about confession to someone of the opposite sex? Oh, Ever a good oh, idea? Yeah, if they're your spouse. Oh, okay. Go there. What, no, what? That's, that's, that's the idea. Okay. <laughs> if it's not your spouse, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, that, and maybe that's too black and white, but mm-hmm. man. That's great because it does. It creates mm-hmm. emotional bond. Mm-hmm. It, it creates mm-hmm. a, a beautiful fellowship community. Um, that's just I, I lean that way, and that is very black and white. And I could be wrong, but there's there's an aspect of confession that is emotional and spiritual connection. Um, so I don't know. It's you a level of intimacy your, that maybe you're not intimate. ready for in a platonic. That's good. Yeah. Um, relationship. I'm trying to think of friendship. What's it called when there's two sexes? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, Where between, I was trying to say between like two people the opposite sex, but then yeah. I, I got my mind got all <laughs> twisted up. <laughs> I have no idea. But. Yeah, I just think it's dangerous, but I know a lot of people could listen to this and say that person who loves Jesus, who I can trust, yeah. who I won't tell mm-hmm. people, is my really close guy friend yeah. or my really mm-hmm. close girlfriend, or they're my significant other, but we don't have the covenant of marriage yet. Yeah. And in all of that, I just, I really wanted us to give a little bit of warning that yeah. that's probably not who you should go to. Yeah. And I'm not going to say probably not. That's not who you I, should go I to. I would argue not. I think mm-hmm. I've seen situations, man, and I can't say with confession, but I've seen situations relationally where I've seen uh, people of the opposite sex be, be close friends. Mm-hmm. I don't think they practice. And, and the specific example I'm thinking of, and a couple examples I'm thinking of that I know personally is like, I haven't seen confession in their life because that does and Jenny, you i think you hit it on the head it brings a level of intimacy that mm-hmm. is just it goes somewhere else it just yeah. does mm-hmm. um and so i would argue against doing it with some of the opposite sex even if you're close friends with them um just and if you don't have don't any know. other options that's probably that's telling issue. oh yeah. super good Jenny. yeah agreed yeah very telling I've got two final things. And <laughs> we can't say that. But really, I've seen the power of confession in my life lately, and it's been such an awesome practice for me, and I want so bad you all to experience this as well. 
And the first one is confession, what we were talking about when we were talking about the, the heart starts in this remorse and this sorrow. It's this recognition that sin is wrong and you, you are a sinner and you struggle with sin. But confession also ends in this abundant joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, it ends in the forgiveness of Jesus. It ends in the healing and the transformation in God's time. It, it ends with the joy as a Christian that you will be transformed. You will yeah. find that healing. So don't, don't sit in the sorrow, but rather move to the joy and confession. And the last one is a final quote, and it's Martin Luther, this <laughs> pilgrim of the faith, this person mm-hmm. who, who launched Protestantism. And he has a quote. He says, therefore, when I call you to confession, I am to call you to be a Christian. And he doesn't separate these two ideas like so many of us do today, where mm-hmm. it's Christian, but we don't confess, or we practice confession in weird settings, but we're not actually Christians. For him, they're so linked together that as to be a Christ follower is to practice confession. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to leave you on that note that this is important. This is something we're advocating you do consistently with people you love. And we, we promise God's greatest desire is to heal sin. And he wants you to be free of what you're struggling from. But sometimes we got to do a little bit of something that he's asked us to do in order to see some of that fruit. With all that being said, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next week on the Peace Oasis out. Podcast. Bye. Bye.